This is Active Christianity's Living the Gospel podcast. Join us as we explore different aspects of the gospel according to the Bible and how we can put this into practice in daily life. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Living the Gospel. I'm Julia. And I'm Kathy. So, as you guys know, we've talked about this before, that we're sisters. Yep. So, we have a lot of history. A lot for of, better, for worse. <laughs> for better, for worse. We have a lot of history, a lot of shared memories. And for me, one of my favorite memories as a kid is, I don't know if you remember this, Juliet. we'd all, in the evenings, we'd pile on the brown couch with mom, yep. and she would read us stories before bed, right? That's right. The Bible stories, the old, uh, the big blue books, Arthur X. X. Maxwell, I think Arthur it was? Arthur S. Maxwell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were good pictures in those books. And those, oh, yeah. those pictures are actually still, when I think about the different stories, like stories about David and everyone else. You see those pictures in Those your are head, the pictures right? yeah, in my yeah. head still, yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of those, of course, is the story of Esther. Yeah. So what, uh, I don't know if I remember everything that went down in there. She was a young Jewish woman, right? Yeah. And she ended up. What, in some kind of beauty pageant? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of what it boils down to in a way. But um, So she was an orphan, actually, right? And she right. was being raised by her cousin, Mordecai, which is an awesome name, by the way. Yeah, correct. Well, right now, I'm looking at the story right now, and it says the king, Ahasuerus, reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. And King Ahasuerus was looking for a new queen, Right. Yep. So he sent out a royal decree. What was it? All the young women, all the... Yeah, it actually doesn't say too much about how that how he got the ball rolling on that. But in any case, Esther was one of the young women who ended up kind of leaving everything behind and going to the castle. Palace. Yeah, to the palace. To the palace, right. Um, and ended up actually becoming the queen. She was, for whatever reason, the woman that he yeah. chose in the end to become his yeah. queen. And they spent a year, all these young women prepping themselves to meet the mm-hmm, king or mm-hmm. whatever, right? It was but, actually a big deal. Yeah. And in the end, it was Esther that the king chose to be his new queen. And I think Esther hid the fact that she was a Jew, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Her cousin Mordecai told her not to say anything. Right. I mean, we're leaving out a lot of details here, but this is the the sort of bare bones of the story. Right. So then there was this guy, Haman, who hated the Jews, mostly because of Mordecai. That's a whole other story, though, that we don't need to get into here. But he hated the Jews, so he convinced the king to send out a decree that all the Jews were to be destroyed, right? Right, right. Then, of course, Esther was uniquely placed at that time to to help and to do something about this situation. All of her people were condemned to be killed. Right. And then she was in a position where she could potentially have the king's ear to get yeah. something done so about it. You can see like God God had his hand over the whole situation, right? Like he must have placed her in that position at that time for like just this moment, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously she was deeply distressed when she found out what was happening. So her and her cousin Mordecai came up with this plan that she would go to the king and plead with him right. for the Jews. Right. And of course, that was a big deal because they had this fancy rule that you couldn't go to see the king unless you had been summoned specifically, right? right? And it was actually a crime punishable by death. Right, exactly. To go and see him without being summoned. So so she'd be taking a huge risk. Huge risk. But actually, and this is what I love, like this is what she said at that time. I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. 
So that was the attitude she had. Like, this was something that she had to do. Mm -hmm. This was a task she'd been given from God. And so she had to be bold. She had to take that, take on that task to spare not only herself, but her entire people. Right. And the odds really, I guess, probably weren't in her favor. Like, it was, she had no way of knowing what the outcome was going to be. Right. So then what they did was they fasted and they prayed for three days before she went. And we know that the end result is that the king accepted her Mm -hmm. and he accepted her plea to save the lives of all the Jews. Or I think it was that that when they were, like when the people went out to attack and destroy them, they were allowed to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, he ended up taking the guy, Haman, who made the decree and hanging him on the gallows that Haman had built for Mordecai as part of his nefarious whatever. So that's justice. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But I I mean, yeah, it was was something that was way outside of Esther's comfort zone, we have to assume. Yeah. Like it was, she probably could have easily, you know, thought like, how do I know that God's brought me here for this? Yeah. Who am I to, you know, how do I know it's going to yeah. succeed? All these kind of thoughts can come up when, whenever God speaks to us to do something. Yeah. And like, I know if I were to like put myself in that position, there's so many things that, oh, this cannot be something that I'm supposed to do. How am, I'm not mm. the person for mm. this. I don't have the guts. I don't, I don't have the boldness. I just don't have what it takes to do this. Right. Right. You can come up with so many excuses about things. But that's not how she had it. So actually, I read something recently, and this is, it's actually a verse that has been working with me a lot recently, is what Jesus said in Matthew 16. He said, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And it's very rare that a Christian is actually required to lay down their physical life, right? right? Well, now, especially, obviously, in, in this, this day and age. And in this yeah. Western world that right. we live in. However, obviously, if that were to be required, that's also, you know, something that we would have to do. But when, when I think about, like, laying my own life down, mm-hmm. what does that actually mean for me? Right. If I'm required to lay down my life for his sake, mm-hmm. like, what are some ways that, that I might be required to lay down my life? And I've just been thinking about there's there's things in me that I just are hard for me to give up, right? Like Yeah, for sure. In all of us. Yeah. Something that God has spoken to me, like I know that I need to give this up and I know that I need to do something about something he's given me light over in my life. And I find a resistance there in myself yeah. to it. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to do it. And I think I like I've had this thought too that Oh, am I, am I going to lose something of who I am? Am I going to lose something of myself, my personality? Mm-hmm. And f- first of all, no, like God's not asked me to give up my personality, yeah. but he has asked me to cleanse myself from the sin that comes between him and me, right? It stops you from having a good relationship with yeah. him, yeah. And a good relationship and, with other people right, too. And makes, yeah, really only makes your own life worse. Yeah. But so if I'm willing to give up my life, so to speak, mm-hmm. these things that for whatever reason I kind of hold dear to myself, I then then I will find it. I will gain life that is eternal actually, right? Yeah, I'm trying to find that uh there's a verse in Mark that talks about that. Mark nine or ten. Aha. Mark ten twenty nine. 
Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. And I thought about too how Paul says it in in Acts. And we know that Paul actually suffered a lot of persecution mm. and almost had to give his life yeah. one or two times yeah. at minimum. But we know that even before that, he suffered a lot of persecution. And yet he was able to say these words that none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Hmm. So that's how Paul had it. He didn't count his life dear to himself. Mm-hmm. And that clearly is also how Esther had it. I mean, I mean, but she did. I, I doubt she wasn't scared. No, of course she would have been. But she just had to go in faith, yeah. right? So, so just to have that attitude that if, if God is able to use me for anything in any way, that yeah. I'm, I'm willing to be used, that I'm yeah. willing to be what is it referred to in the New Testament as an instrument of yeah, righteousness, yeah. right? And you don't have to be something big or fancy for that. Esther was just a girl who God was able to place in the right place at the right time. All these people who have been instrumental in either opening a way or proclaiming the gospel or whatever, even in our own lives, have all just been people who have been faithful to to be bold and do what yeah. God puts on their heart yeah. in the situation. You have to start with taking these little situations in your life and being bold there like... I think about um, just boldness in general, because yeah. to me, that's, that is the main message that comes out in the story of Esther, right, mm-hmm. is her boldness. So it can be hard to be bold about our faith and it bold really about taking a stand against the things we know are wrong, for example, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It can be hard with unbelievers, and it can also be almost... I don't know if I'd say harder, but it can be just as hard when you're with a group of friends who, you know, let's say we all have the same... Let's say we all have the same longing to, you know, to overcome sin, but yet we all still have a nature that has nothing good yeah. in it. Yeah. And when you suddenly find yourself in a situation where maybe the conversation's not going in a great direction, do you have the boldness to to say something to either walk away or be the one to to shut it down in a helpful way? Or yeah. that that requires boldness yeah. for sure. And we have to be faithful to those promptings that God gives us there. Yeah, I know for myself. I have this tendency to think, oh, I just need to keep a low profile. Like, I don't need to, like, put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just how I think by nature. But there are times, actually, where you really need to take a stand. Yeah. Something's happening, something's being said, something's being done that isn't right, and you actually need to take a stand against that and be bold to stand up for mm-hmm. righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. And to trust that God takes care of you. Yeah, and that's you the do, thing. Like, right? just like Esther, we don't do these things on our own. We have... This connection with God and with Jesus that, you know, God, I know that this is required of me now, but I, f- I don't feel like I have it in me. I'm, I'm, I'm not strong. I lack the what's required to do this. So I need you to help me. I need you to give me the strength to, to do this. And he always does. He always does. I like that verse in Chronicles yeah. that says his eyes go back and forth over the entire earth to strengthen mightily those whose hearts are holy for him. exactly. Usually, I know for myself, when I'm timid, it usually boils down to the fact that I care too much about what others think of me. Right. That's what it comes down to. But if I think about it, like, what am I actually really afraid of? Like, what can people do to me? Yeah. I can lose some honor. Sure. For sure, I can lose some honor, and that 
for my natural self hurts. That hurts. Yeah, yeah. But it's good for me. Then what? What am I gaining when I lose that? There's no one who will lose his life for my sake that won't gain back. Mm. Or how does, he, or how well, does it go? Yeah, that who won't gain like a hundredfold. Yeah. And also there's exactly one person in this universe whose opinion of me matters, yeah. and that's God, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people can look down on me and despise me, and really I just have to come to the point where that matters nothing to me. Hmm. And there's that verse in Peter, I actually think it's originally from Isaiah, but Peter quotes it, that all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So what am I going to give myself to? Like this to receive honor from people who in the end, it means nothing right. getting honor from them. Yeah. Or the word of the Lord endures forever. Am I going to give myself to the Lord to yeah. do his will? Grab onto something that will actually yeah. last. Well, I even thought too about just having this attitude that no matter what, I serve God. And I i can't find it now, but I, I've been thinking this week about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. how when the king threatened to throw them into the fire, they said, our God can come and rescue us. But even if he doesn't, yeah. we're never going to bow down before an idol. And that's the attitude. Like, God will come and give us the power. But that's even crazy, if he actually. doesn't, even if he doesn't, yeah. that's still my same attitude. Yeah. Exactly. I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. So... It really requires that we step out of our comfort zone, mm, right? Mm. And Boldness. Yeah, boldness. And I've just been thinking about um, something I heard recently at church. Someone spoke and they they were talking about staying in your comfort zone. And then I just, the way he said it was just so amazing that, that it's not comfortable. It isn't comfortable. When you don't have God's good pleasure over your life, do you call that comfort? Mm. <laughs> I don't call that comfort. My soul has no pleasure in one who draws b- back, God said. God loves it when we go into the fire, what's required of us to mm-hmm. give up something of mm-hmm. ourselves. That's what he loves. Yeah. And that's what he honors. Right? And then we get that. We get something lasting inside mm-hmm. of ourselves when mm-hmm. we do that. Mm-hmm. Never mind this honor from people that is like grass, as Peter exactly, wrote. Exactly. It's like grass. And then it's written, too, that he's the God of all comfort. So then... Yeah. When we go out with boldness like that, then there's our comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only comfort we need, comfort. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when I think about the story of Esther, what's the takeaway that we do that we get from that story? For me, it's just that attitude of just following God's will, no yeah. matter what it requires of me. Yeah. And you may get reproach, right? Mm-hmm. But that is actually part of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. And like we said, we don't know what the results are. We don't necessarily always know why God's asking us to do different things, but we know that he's doing it for our very best. Yeah. And we just have to be bold and we have to go in faith. And just trust him and he takes and care trust of it. In him, yeah. And yeah. God can use someone who's bold and willing to be led and guided by him. Yeah, he really can. I, I love talking about these Bible stories, actually. They're so. awesome. They're so interesting. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. There's so much. And... As we've said before, we have a theme page on our website all about the heroes of faith. So if you want to read more, obviously you can read them in the Bible too. That's the best mm-hmm. place to read them. It is the best. And actually, Julia, didn't you say that you've been listening to them recently? Yeah, yeah. One of our friends at church has been talking about, he's a painter. And I guess all day at work, he just listens to the Bible as an audiobook, And he just, he's been getting great revelations from it. So I thought I'd try this. And I listen to it when I drive. And it's so, so interesting. Like when I read, 
I read way too fast to absorb properly. So when I listen to it narrated, and it's not like the narrator is being super dramatic, but all these Old Testament stories, they just hit so differently mm. and they make you think about them in a way that you didn't before. Mm. And it's I, I've been loving it. It's like yeah. I'm reading it for the first time, kind of. Yeah. We're so lucky. We have these heroes mm. that have gone before us. And mm-hmm. now it's our turn to be faithful mm-hmm. where God has put us. And to, and to just really live for him with all of our hearts. Yeah. So I guess that's enough for today. <laughs> that's enough out of <laughs> we've, us. <laughs> we've talked enough. So thank you again so much for following along with us and yes, listening. Yes, thank you. And we really would love to hear from you guys if you want to let us know about any topics that you'd like to hear about mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. any comments at all. Just please feel free to send us a message. You can do that through our website, activechristianity.org. Or on Facebook. Or on Facebook or Instagram. So we love to hear from you. All right. Bye, everyone. Have an awesome week. Bye. Bye.